Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Sans Pants Radio. Australia's most biased podcast network. Welcome to How Goods Footy, a weekly AFL podcast where we ask the most important sporting question of all. I'm Carney. I'm Tom. And I'm Dusha. Boys. How good's footy? Tell you what, uh, just as we sat down to record this, I just realised, Sean, that one of our teams, no matter what happens, one of our teams is playing in a grand final in 2020. Just to clarify, one of our teams being one of Tom and Sean's teams, oh, yeah, because yeah. for the second week in a row, Essendon have still yet to make finals. Yeah, but they, um, they, look, they can make a grand final, but despite them winning not a final, late. they've done it before. It's not too late for Richmond to be rightfully found wrong of breaching COVID rules and kicked out of the top four. But then I guess all of the teams that have been eliminated in the final series so far would also have to be disqualified. I guess they've all left their hubs, so maybe that's a quarantine thing. And hopefully, fingers crossed, Essendon are still uh, social isolating. I mean, a lot of our players have left, so that's probably a, a good sign. We're a lean team now. So, like, hey, we might be there next weekend uh, to play... Size up Port Adelaide, and who knows? Have they left hubs? Pro- uh, probably. Well, I, I think most teams that have finished are now back home, self-isolating, quarantining before they... Did you see the Bulldogs thing? Are they still partying? Having a huge party, and one of the, the Richmond girlfriends was cracking the shits. <laughs> Jackson's girlfriend, right? Yeah, because they're in the same hotel. Yeah. So they're preparing for the game, and the Bulldogs are just fucking going off. Do you reckon Bulldogs yeah. are doing it because they hate Richmond? Yeah, I, I hope, hope so. I hope Devo's <laughs> gone. Do this for every other team. Do you know if Richmond <laughs> wanted to avoid that, get on a plane and go to go to um, South Australia early, quarantine mm. there for like a, be there for the whole week. You know, the Bulldogs aren't partying in in Adelaide. If they wanted to avoid that, they should have just won the elimination, uh, the qualifying final. But they didn't. Uh, yeah. They couldn't match Bridge- Brisbane. So this is. Kind of on them. And look, if they really, really, really wanted to avoid all this, they should have also lost the game to St. Kilda. Um, yeah. You know, it's There's all a lot of them. stuff they could have done. Yeah. Yeah. On your Bevo, uh, that's good leadership, good coaching, uh, getting it done, being a real team player. I'm not going to give any of the credit to Bevo. I think it's a Tom Liberatore. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. As if you can't imagine looking out that hotel window and just seeing Bevo with his hair slicked back and his like gold chain around his neck. And, like, footy shorts just having a tan by the pool, just smiling to himself as he's fucking sucking down a VB out of a stubby or something. (laughs) That's powerful. Yeah. Yeah. On your bevo. Now, he's drinking a Melbourne bitter. He's drinking a Melbourne bitter. And on your Libber, who, again, leading the charge for sure. Libber's preseason, pre-preseason, is probably his biggest performance of the year. Uh, That gap between- Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That gap between the end of the previous season and the start of preseason. That's where he puts his best on ground efforts in. He's such a consistent performer. He is. He's, <laughs> yeah. It's incredible he hasn't won a postseason Brownlow. Oh. <laughs> Gets three votes every week. <laughs> if there was an off-season Brownlow, Tom, it would, wouldn't be called a Brownlow. It would be called a Liberatore. <laughs> <laughs> so, without further ado, the semifinals were this weekend. Uh, and we had... Uh, Matt Stewart, who uh, Collingwood sympathizes, uh, St. Kilda versus Richmond. 
And whilst we were all praying for a big upset, we all knew deep down that it was probably going to be a Richmond win. Uh, including Matt, who, again, also revealed that I guess he's a TC and tips against yeah. his team. It's his fault. Yeah. Uh, yeah. If he believed, that wouldn't have happened. That's true. If well, he believed, they might have kicked straight. Yeah. That's the, that's, that's the thing I, that, that I guess that really, let's address, is yes, Richmond won, but they, didn't, mm. they weren't convincing. Like, if St. Kilda kicked straight, they're back in the game and Richmond would yeah. have had to do a hell of a lot more work. Well, there was points where St. Kilda were absolutely all over the top of Richmond, but uh, yeah, just couldn't score. And then the commentators constantly kept saying Richmond aren't leaving first gear, even though they looked fucked out there. And yeah, just because the team's like defending well doesn't mean, well, not even defending well, just because the attacking team isn't attacking well doesn't mean that the other team isn't trying. Yeah. 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 Just commentator cunts. And considering the other thing too, like considering St. Kilda were missing three of their best players Mm. and- Richmond still couldn't completely put them away until the end when St Kilda kicked themselves well and truly had like that second and third quarter mm. St Kilda were all over them and if they had have been able to generate the scores that they deserved to yeah they probably could have pinched it yeah uh it is kind of a famous saying uh when it comes to AFL and I think Haggard's footy have ex- like have uh, explored this option before but the best strategy for winning a game is to kick the most amount of goals and St Kilda just didn't want to try that on the weekend couldn't get it down no no, no. uh yeah instead they were like what if we just try and kick heaps and heaps of points uh which is a bold strategy that sometimes pays off Brisbane have managed to pull victories out of that strategy yep but it is much easier if you just focus on kicking goals it is that strategy won't work against the best teams no, no. there was a lot of um Shades of Brisbane v Richmond final in this game, I think, where St Kilda had moments where they maybe weren't on top, but they were matching Richmond. Yeah. But you've, like when you're playing against a better team, you've just got to keep scoreboard pressure on, and they mm. just couldn't do it. Like yeah. the the amount of times we were just messaging each other and like, ah, oh, it's over because it was sitting yep. at about five goals, and then oh, maybe it's not because St Kilda have a chance, and they just never took a chance. Yeah, yeah, like St Kilda would kick like two goals in a row, and you'd be like, oh fuck! Like I think it was the third quarter. There was a period in the third quarter where Richmond had kicked one goal one for like a quarter and a half, and St Kilda had kicked two goals seven or something. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, and it then, the third. yeah, and then St Kilda kicked another goal, and you're like, oh fuck, like we are absolutely on here. But then Richmond kicked another goal, and then St Kilda kept kicking behind, and it was just fucked. It didn't help them either, though, that when they did get a bit of momentum on, they got absolutely fucking robbed in broad daylight by the worst arc review I've ever fucking seen. Yeah, it was bad. You could drive a bus between the gap between the football and Vlostone's fist. Vlostone even knew he hadn't touched it. Like, the- uh, Tom, I don't, I don't think so. No, uh, no, no, no. he did. Say- he turned around and went, "Oh, I touched it, but um, I'm, I'm, ah, oh, yeah, no, you're right." Like. Yeah, no, you're right, Tom. The look on his face immediately was, ah, mm. uh, fuck. And then he saw the umpire run in and he went, oh, yeah, yeah, no, nah, i got a hand on it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And and literally, like, Daisy, every commentator was like, no. Nah. Like, sometimes they're a bit hit and miss and you go, all right, well, I understand, you know, they go with umpire's call. But on this one, they had the angles, they had the goal line there. You, The ball didn't look like a deviate. Every, every angle showed that it had missed. Every commentator, and these commentators fucking love Richmond, W- yep. Was prepared to give Saints the goal, and um, now apparently, apparently inconclusive. Well, look, the video is not the best quality, and I agree with you completely. But like, if we're relying on this thing for those really line ball decisions, yeah. why don't they just invest in a better camera for the goal line so you can actually zoom in, like zoom right in? Because that's what it's—it's it's there to catch the ones that maybe like a finger got on the end of it just at the end. Yeah. So zoom in, get a better camera. Yeah, the, the cheap idea fucks. This- <laughs> there were games this season where they didn't even have the technology at the ground. Yeah, yeah. You can't do like <laughs> the integrity of the comps fucked if you don't do it at every single game. Yeah. Well, no, but that's the thing is that is that because I'm pretty sure they they changed that in the back half of the year because there was a massive howler where there wasn't goal line footage and it was clear that it probably was touched. Um, and goal line footage would have overturned it, but it didn't have access to it because it wasn't there. And I think yeah. from that point on, they made sure that all the remaining venues had goal line cameras but the issue is for years is that the score review technology doesn't sit with the afl it sits with the broadcasters and there's no way the broadcasters are going to fork out an extra whatever dollars for cameras that aren't actually going to provide them with angles of the match that they will use isn't it the afls now though because often in a game if a fucked decision is made the commentators will say oh well in the arc they actually have extra camera angles 
And well, they, like, why don't you just show us all the camera angles? Because they don't exist, I think. I think so too. Where are the cameras? If they existed, you'd be able to point out, oh, there's another camera on the goal line. They don't exist. So stop talking shit. They're idiots. (laughs) It is pretty funny that commentators are actively lying to us. Maybe um, they just believe what they're told. Gil's probably <laughs> up and going, oh, yeah, we've got 40 cameras. It's like, usually it's usually Luke Darcy saying that. Spared no expense. He was told by um, <laughs> Yeah, look, how about you call up Sony be like, listen, thank you for the Sony Bravia, uh, <laughs> Sony Bravia sponsorship. Can you give us a 4K camera, Sony? And we promise we'll say Sony Bravia another couple of times in our broadcast. Well, no, yeah. just, Sorted. just there you go. Get a, get, a, get a Sony like 4K high quality camera. And every time you have a score review, the commentator it's brought says- to you by Sony. We're now looking on the uh, Sony 4K score review because it's the, it's a drink wise. Oh, it's it's a drink wise. It's already sponsored. So sponsor it by a fucking video company. Yeah, no, you're geniuses. Yeah. I don't know why they don't do that. Well, yeah, I mean, AFL? fucking idiots. Yeah. Fucking idiots. Now nah, we'll just do it by half. We'll we'll come up with a system that that actually look. I think one of the best things they introduced was having it at one fixed location. Um, and I think the other thing they did that was kind of nice is the edge. That that's been the best thing, but they don't always uh, use the edge either. They're just yeah, like because oh. they don't always have it. Yeah, because that's bullshit. Yeah. And also the edge, like fuck the edge. <laughs> I don't show me the tests for how accurate it is. Sometimes you've got a ball nicking the padding on a goalpost, and it comes up with a big thick edge, and it's like, where are you getting that from? That's bullshit. <laughs> I think they're full of shit. You never see an edge come up when they make a cook decision. I'm I'm sick of it. It's the same shit. It doesn't matter if it's in the in the arc in the one location. You still got a dumb fucking moron making the call. <laughs> could you imagine could whether you he's ma- at the ground or he's sitting at Marvel Stadium in his little bunker, <laughs> fapping off like a dickhead? I'm sick of it. Could you imagine? Right. So I cricket- better not see an arc in our game this weekend, Tom. I don't no, want to go to the arc. I don't score- want the commentators there, there to froth over how good the arc is because that Richmond one. Uh, who who kicked the goal? Was it um, Bolton? Yep. Kicked a goal that, that nicked the post, and they're like, "Oh, thank God for the arc." And it's like, "Well, that's the most obvious one there was." Like, but the also, umpire should have picked that up. If you watch Bolton shit. after he kicked it, he did not celebrate. He put he looked down as to be like, "Fuck, I hit the post." Like every player yeah. around there saw that it hit the post. Yeah, it's look the the arc thing is just it's it's bizarre. Think, okay, look, show other, other- for the fucking television audience. They just fucking show us some camera angles so we stop screaming at the TV. Because everyone, the players can see, the goal umpires can see. Fuck it, it's get rid of it. No, or make it better. I don't care either way. <laughs> just, just, just look at two other sports, right? That use a similar thing: tennis and cricket. Could you imagine mm. if in the tennis they're like, "Sorry, uh, the Hawkeye is used by the broadcast partner, and the French Open broadcast guys didn't want to put a camera there." Yeah, it's dumb. Although it's dumb. Uh, third umpire technology for cricket has sometimes made some fucked decisions. <laughs> yeah. My favorite one is when they do the the animation and they have to make the animation literally like bend back on itself to be like, oh, missing uh, off stump. Yeah, it was missing. It's like pointing straight <laughs> up in the air. No ball in history has ever gone straight up into the sky. Mm. Just on the cricket, you have a country like India who refused to use the DRS system. So like yeah. what if a club, what if Richmond went, nah, we don't want it. We're not using the arc. <laughs> Well, Brisbane could be the first club. Wow. Fagan should get on the phone and say, Gil, you can shove your arc up your ass. <laughs> that's that's pretty good. Although India now have since used the DRS because I think they lost a majority control of the ICC. So. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but they had a good couple of years where they didn't have to do it, Tom. Yeah, it, was, it was always cooked where you had every other team used it. And then if you're playing India, you no longer had re- like no reviews. Yeah, Tom, that's almost like how if you're playing it. 85% of the stadiums in Australia during an AFL game, you have it, but then the other 15%, you don't. It's almost like it's broken and dumb. Uh, anyway, dumb um, shit. Dumb, yeah. dumb, so, dumb. St. Kilda, they lost. Richmond put on a very unconvincing win that I they can't serve up that shit to Port Adelaide next week. Can I also just well, bring up- Well, this week, in fact. This week, yeah. Can I bring up Fuck. something while we're just- before we move on from Richmond? Mm-hmm. Um, is uh, once again- Proving that they're they're not the team, they're not going to win the flag, boys. And the reason for that is, is that in 2020, Richmond have turned into a bunch of fuckheads. Like in 2019 and 2017, they were annoying because they were good, but they never fought, they weren't a dirty side. Like you didn't see a lot of elbows being thrown, a lot of this. Now, this year, 2020, apparently, according to their coach, that's what the big tough boys at the big tough clubs do. Hey, Hardwick, (laughs) shut the fuck up. Get in the fucking bin. You fucking so, pill. 
So, uh, this was news that kind of rattled me because it made a lot of sense. And you'll understand why news that made sense rattled me when I revealed my source. Oh, no. Kane Corns. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, he was like, he was talking about the Richmond thing. And whilst he wasn't like super against the aggressive nature of it, he was just like, Richmond's an easy club to hate. They play a brand of football that will make people hate them. But while they're still winning, that's fine. They're going to be the bad guys in every game, but they're good, so it doesn't matter. But the moment that they start losing, they're going to have a problem. They just, but the, oh, the, sorry. And also, he did also point out, he was like, and this year they are absolutely pushing it. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> I, I would argue, too, though, that they're not the bad guys because the media- and like footy media are still saying, oh, but because the, they still talk about how Trent Cotchin's a great bloke and Dimmer's a great bloke and this club do things differently. When all those guys are thugs, you've got Hardwick endorsing Lynch being an idiot and then saying, oh, but these are what the big boy, I think he said the big, t- the greatest clubs are the big tough clubs. And it's like, all right, so they're being painted as good guys. And then someone goes, oh, what about Hawthorne? It's like, yeah, Hawthorne played unsociable football for three mm. years, but they were painted as being unsociable by everyone in the football media. Like, no one was like, oh, no, Hawthorne are good guys. No, Hawthorne were a pack of fucks who beat yep. the shit out of you. You can say cunts, Tom. They're a pack of cunts. And same with, like, Brisbane in those, like, glory years. Everyone knew what you were going to get from Brisbane. They were a, a, a punchy, fighty team. But they yeah, were never- Yeah, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, it just, it's, just, it's just this disconnect where Richmond are behaving like idiots on the field. The coach won't admit it. And then the media pretend that there's like not a massive issue for it. Lynch has now been fined five times in a 17 game season, of which he missed two or three games with a hamstring injury. Yeah, so, true. what, 14 games? He's, five of them he has been reported for and fined for. Why isn't there an automatic trigger that after three, I thought after three fines, you got an automatic suspension? No, they got rid of that. They might have to bring that back in. Have to. For Lynch. The Lynch rule. As, well, as someone- he's fucking it up for everyone. Oh, it's, it's just it's dumb fucked. shit. It's like it's thug stuff. Like, I actually am really surprised. Well, I'm not surprised because Hardwick's a dickhead. But, like, Hardwick has the opportunity in the post-match press conference to be like, oh, no, I'm going to talk to him. Like, that's not acceptable. You can't put your knee on someone's neck. Yeah. Like, when the ball's nowhere near there. Like, that's that's not a good look and I'm going to talk to him. But instead, he's like, oh, no, nah, you know, we love it. Plays on the edge. It's just bullshit, man. Like- well, this is what I mean. The perfect example is my mate, Tommy Hawkins, who does dumb shit all the time. At no point do you ever hear Chris Scott go, ah, oh, nah, we like the way he plays. He always goes, nah, we're addressing it with him and he knows he's doing the wrong thing. Like, there's just I, no responsibility taken by the coach at all that he might, him saying, yeah. oh, no, that we want him to play on the edge and we want him to do that and be that macho tough guy shit. Like, it's, yeah. it's just dumb. You know what else he said? He said that, like, sometimes he just feels like everyone's just, always jumps to the negatives. We're too negative. And it's like, well, and no journalist put this to him, but I wish they had of, and said, well, what about the negatives of kids who watch that and then they're going to go and do that on the weekend when they play? All this shit that Tom What about the negatives, Dimmer, of fucking blaming the umpires for score decisions at half time, Dimmer, you fuckwit? What What about about the negatives of coming after David Schwartz? You know what I mean? That still annoys me. The fact that Richmond as a club never addressed it and Dimmer never came out and said, I overstepped the line. I've called him and I've apologized. Like, how the fuck is this allowed to happen? Yeah. I think that Richmond lose this year. Good. And then they're not as precious anymore, especially if they just get like comprehensive. Like, I think Port are going to belt them. I think Port are going to, because they beat them in the, this is sort of getting ahead to this week, but. Port beat them in the year, during the year, where it was, a, I think, a close-ish margin, but Port hadn't kicked straight. Port yeah. annihilated them in every, like, they beat them in clearances, they beat them in, in intercept marks, in tackles, like, every facet of the game Port beat them in. Mm. And I just think they're playing on Port's home deck, Port are hungry, and Port don't get sucked into dumb, fighty bullshit like that. Like, <laughs> all it's going to take is, all you've got to <laughs> do is, do. they do, do a little bit. But all you've got to do is just get under Tom Lynch's skin in 30 seconds and he'll start throwing punches and giving away 50s. I am concerned about Port Adelaide because I feel that they don't have the experience that Richmond do. And the Adelaide Oval will be behind Port Adelaide, obviously. Um, and like they'll have a crowd advantage. But I feel like that for Richmond, they expected this. And I guess Port did as well. But like, you know what I mean? I feel like that 
Port are probably going to be slightly less settled heading into this situation, which makes me a little concerned. I don't know. I, they 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 really did a number on him earlier in the year when they were at pretty much full strength too. Tom, so, I know that you really really Richmond struggled at full to- strength, almost at full strength, missing no, Edwards and. No, I, don't, I think they were missing quite a few, weren't they? Lynch and Rewalt, but Rewalt both played, and Martin and Cochin. I think the only people they were missing were Edwards and Hooley and Prestia. Okay. Well, that's um, a big difference, though. Yeah, it's a huge difference. Tom, I know that you we've had issues with you with this in the past of not understanding the pressures of a final versus the pressures of a home and away game, but the impact that Port Adelaide will be feeling just because they beat Richmond earlier in the year versus everything that's on the cards now, quite substantially different. Yeah, I, I look. I all I know is that if Richmond do lose, Hardwick will blame the fact they had to travel, that the crowd were too rude, that the umpires did the wrong thing, that Charlie Dixon's a bit mean to his defenders, and no one's talking. Like you guarantee, if Richmond lose, Hardwick will be focusing on all of the negatives of Port Adelaide and travelling and quarantine, like all this shit. That's good. Let him blame that, and then when next year rolls around and everything's back to normal, and they bomb out in the semis. Then he'll have to come up with new excuses. What about the semis? You mean, don't even make the eight? Oh. One of us is dreaming big. The other one is dreaming impossible, I feel. <laughs> um, but speaking of dreaming big and big dreams coming true, Tom, for the last couple of weeks, we have yes. been very upset with you. Yes. Because you, you said, I want Collingwood to beat West Coast. Mm. That is my ideal situation. And we're like, Tom, the war on Collingwood. And you're like, nope, fuck the war on Collingwood. I want them to win so that we can beat them big. And then we were like, Tom, that's insane because you're putting yourself in the front line. You're putting yourself in the trenches when you don't have to. Absolutely, mate. I, I, I was like, I volunteer as tribute. Let's fucking and we're go. like, no, because you, you also sacrificed a team. So it wasn't, you weren't taking a bullet. You were like, all right, the war on Collingwood needs to get bloody first. Then I want to step in as the hero. So don't make it. Too fucking. You're we, not the big hero yet. We need big dog, big dog need, move, mate. Yeah, you put look, some bad energy out into the football universe. I did, and the only way I think that I was ever going to rectify the bad energy was is if, if say we we beat them by like ten goals and like kept them mm, to seven Tom, points for three or four quarters. I think when you open, sometimes when you open a door, mate, it's hard to close. The bill hasn't come yet. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Um, but Tom, yeah. So if Collingwood have uh, lost this game by like a respectable margin, or if they played well, you would have like prolonged the war on Collingwood. But yeah. Geelong stepped up to the challenge, and at three quarter time, Collingwood had kicked one goal. Collingwood had, had one scoring shot, one set shot scoring shot, and it was from Dugowie, and it went out on the fucking full. Hmm. Uh, at one point, you had taken Justice. 60 more marks than them. Yeah. Tom, it was a complete dismantling, and I understand that there was nothing on the line for you, but if you had have kept them to one goal in the whole finals, I probably would have changed teams. Uh, <laughs> I was hoping. So, but there was a point in that game where I think Menegola kicked a goal in the last quarter about halfway through to make it 80-7, to seven, and I was like, just don't let him score again. And then they got three cheapies in the back half. It was like, damn it. But, yeah. 80 to I- 7. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, for anyone who hasn't seen the scores, uh, the war on Collingwood, how good's footy won this war this year? Because you fucked them up. Like, yeah. they absolutely fucking cooked it. <sighs> Dugowie took, took a shot, like, pretty early in the first quarter, a set <laughs> shot, what he should have been his bread and butter, and he absolutely fucking sprayed I- I it. Kicked it halfway to Mount Isa. Like, it went. Yeah, <laughs> jail on his mind. Yeah. yeah, well, that's fair. He heard like the footsteps of and the jangling of handcuffs and shit himself. <laughs> I reckon Harry Taylor was walking around in just with keys, just going, "I'm gonna lock. This is what you'll be hearing." <laughs> Tom, Harry Taylor didn't have to do fuck all because the ball didn't even fucking go into their defensive. Like they're attacking fifty. It was a the probably one of the most comprehensive wins we've had for some time probably probably reminiscent to the win over St Kilda at the Gabba this year where I think they kicked four goals for the whole game and were scoreless for like the second half it was I wasn't like it's a final it's a final it's Collingwood they were riding the high of last week that was fucking getting chirpy as well everyone was Eddie was getting in Kane Corns' ear because he said that they're just making up the numbers in the top eight oh Um, yeah big big Cox had the swagger on 
Oh, Geelong decided he, to do a change. He played his one good game in two years. <laughs> <laughs> Geelong did a change. Brought in its brought in you know Sam Simpson after he hasn't played for six weeks, and Selwood's playing with a broken finger, and everyone's going, oh, it's straight sets for Geelong. That's what's on the cards. And um, we came out and uh, we went to Collingwood. Hey Collingwood, fuck you. Hey Eddie, fuck you. And uh, how fucking good is footy? Boys, I loved this. This was, I wasn't expecting this. This isn't what I thought would happen. I thought it'd be a lot closer. I was very nervous. Mm. This was Christmas. It was so good. I, um, so obviously, uh, I've made it very clear that I'm back in for Brisbane this final series. Uh, but obviously, I want Geelong on my second team. Um, and I sent what was admittedly quite a graphic message about this game at, three-quarter time, which was, boys, I'm going to level with you. It's really hard not to have a bat to this. <laughs> <laughs> that was all of Australia, mate. Yeah, oh. it was... Because uh, at three-quarter time, the scores were nine goals, eight to one goal, one. And then you came out and kicked the next, like, I think it was the next three goals really quickly, and I was like, fucking hell. Collingwood have just given up. Yep. This is beautiful. But then they kicked three cheapies very quickly, and I was like, fuck this. And then I got scared, Tom. Not that you were going to lose. That was never on the cards. No. But I just got scared that they were going to, like, kick fucking, like, six goals in Be the last quarter. Yeah. yeah. And then all of a sudden only lose by, like, 30 points. Nah. Nah. Lost by 68. Yeah. Fuck them. We, we, uh, it was, it was a very, it was a good kind of, like, rally. Like, they came back. It was almost like yeah. Geelong went, oh, no, 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 no. We're going we're gonna to now kick through a four goal. We outscored, even in a quarter when no one scored a goal in that third quarter where Geelong were just, like, like resting players on the field by just kick marking and being like Collingwood. It, all Collingwood had to do was like run at a Geelong player. I reckon there was a passage of play where Menegola dropped and fumbled a mark for like five minutes and no <laughs> Collingwood player got anywhere near him. He had time to put the ball on the ground, wipe his brow, rub his hands, pick the ball up, drop it again, pick it up, oh. call his mum, <laughs> drop it again, pick it up. Joel, Joel, just look at that head. I'm yeah. just imagining that thing shaved. <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> Uh, it's gonna be good. Um, oh fuck! It's, yeah, you, yeah. Collingwood were fucking dead at halftime, and yeah, the third quarter was Geelong kicked two <laughs> behinds, and Collingwood kicked one. And even yeah. with that, like that's it. That was the, all the scoring shots in the third quarter. And even then, it was just like Jesus, Jesus Christ. I think it was the shortest quarter of the year. Second shortest. Okay, um, by three seconds. Oh. Um, yeah, it was just, yeah. it was literally by that stage, Geelong had picked up all their cues. They put them in the rack at half time and went out and were like, we'll just see if we can. Chris Scott was like, look, I'm not an asshole. Just go out there, just just play like a cruisy game of footy, see if Collingwood will have a crack. They didn't. And at three quarter time, we went, nah, fuck him. <laughs> Chris Scott um, ruined or killed Collingwood's career, but, oh, he, sorry, not the career, their year. But um, I think he's ended Razor Razier as well. Well, did you see some of the bounces he was pulling out? Oh, yeah. Oh, mate. They're putrid. And he knew it too. Did you see his face? I feel sorry for him. Well, Although I kind of don't. Like, He's don't do the bounces. Get him doing something. Like, if he can't bounce the ball, stop giving yeah. him the center bounces. Well, yeah. he's showy. He would have been like, I'm going to prove myself. Was it last year or the year before where he famously didn't get selected for the grand final? He got selected last year for the first time since 2010. Yeah. That's right. Because yep. I remember seeing an interview with him where he was like, oh, like, sometimes they're like umpires are looking for an uh, like it's apples and oranges. So sometimes they're looking for an apple, and like I can't help getting selected if I'm an orange. Shut up, cunt! You're That's all fucking oranges, is, and fuck you're it. a fuckwit. Yeah. Anyway, he sucks shit. It was much like watching Collingwood play. Watching Razor Eight umpire this game was a little bit like, well, he's fucked it. This is his year done. There was there was a there was a bounce that he did where he bounced the ball and it came up to both Stanley and Grundy's chests, and like or, like every player just looked at him. He didn't. He just called play on. He didn't rebounce it. The ball hit the ground. Stanley just kind of walked over, picked it up, looked at Ray again. Ray called play on, and then he was like, "All right, I'll kick it forward." <laughs> he called play on. Yeah, literally. He's lost the plot. He's the, absolutely the lost ball the plot. didn't go past their necks, and then he hit like it hit the ground without a ruckman touching it, and no one knew what. Like, it was just bad. Uh, Wayne Campbell's the umpire's boss. He came out today and like defended him and said, you know, does his best. He's got shorter arms, so he can't bounce it as high. That's... And that he's had a, a shoulder Rico as well, all because of bouncing. Well, then yeah. don't make him bounce the ball. Like that's not what I mean. Yeah. Like if he's like, I would argue. So if he, someone's if, if your got... strength's not bouncing the ball, don't bounce the ball. If someone's got a fucking broken foot and they're a really good goal umpire, you're not going to fucking put them on the boundary and get them to run. Because yeah, 
it'll be fucked. So that's a terrible yeah. excuse. That's just show. Look. Yeah. Anyway, last thing with this game that I really want to talk about, and again, this comes down to something Kane Corn said, which, again, dangerous territory, but he was just, I guess, on when it came to this game. Because he also pointed out that making the finals is good, and, like, a Collingwood probably... I mean, they underperformed what their predictions were in the first half of the year, I guess, but then overperformed what people were expecting once finals started. But he was like, honestly, they probably would have been better off just losing a close game to West Coast than making it one week deeper than they thought they were going to and getting just absolutely steamrolled like this. Mm. Because if clubs don't address it properly, and they rarely do, it fucks with the players so hard and the team just falls to pieces. And I, when I heard that, I was just rubbing my hands together, licking my lips. (laughs) Now, look, it was was good. It was. He gave a lot of examples as well. Like, he was like, Adelaide, uh, the Adelaide Grand Final. Um, he was like, it happened. I can't remember the other. It example. happened to like, Port. Ha- well, when yeah, he and then there. he was like, and yeah, it happened to me as well. Like, it's fucked, and it's good. Couldn't happen to a better team. But uh, look, it was just happy to see Geelong bounce back, even more emphatically than I thought. And it was a even performance across the board from the whole team. Everyone played yeah. their role. It was team defense. It was team attack. Um, guys who were a bit lacking in the previous weeks lifted. Um, Lockie Henderson, who got delisted and re-rookied, looks like the best decision. Like, he played a huge game, just took, took marks. Um, Harry Taylor looks the oldest man in the world. Just Mason Cox didn't even look like getting anywhere near it. And the, the advantage, again, and this is the thing that frustrates me with the way the AFL media are riding on. Even going into the finals, they're like, Geelong's ruck, they don't know what to do with their ruck. It's like, no, we do, and it's Reese Stanley. And once again, the last two games, he's played good Good, like good footy, and it means the okay? Blitzarves can play. Yeah, he's fine. Um, yeah. He came back on and came, played the rest of the game. Yeah, that doesn't necessarily mean that a player is okay, though, Tom. No, no. So he came, he went off, jar, he jarred his knee, went off, came back on, played the rest of the game, and Chris Scott said, Yeah, he's fine. They okay, wouldn't have put him back week. on. Yeah, correct. Not, not like recently. points. No, correct. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. As soon as he came back out and I saw him again, I was like, Oh, thank fucking Christ. <laughs> That's not what we need. Um, but no, it was. It, my highlight, boys, uh, besides mm. obviously the whole game from start to finish, um, two two great little highlights. One of them is not a goal, but in the second quarter, my boy Mark O'Connor mm-hmm. beat Jamie Elliott to a loose ball, sold him some candy, and then kicked it 50 metres on his left foot across the middle of the ground through two Collingwood players to Mitch Duncan. And it's like... A couple of years ago, you'd not played football, and now you're fucking pulling that out in a semi-final. Yep. <laughs> fucking love it. Uh, and the other thing I loved, which was just a thing of me watching the footy, is I was so like anxious and stressed is that I stood for this whole game. I didn't sit yep. once. <laughs> couldn't sit. Um, and in the th- early on in the first quarter, uh, Ablett kicked a beautiful kick to Grian, who took yep. a mark. I didn't realize until after this moment had happened, but I was standing up, and as the ball kind of went towards Grian, I was like, jump, you know, take the mark. So I jumped and took the mark with him as it happened in real time. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, and I landed, and I was like, that was a pretty good leap, Tom. That was pretty good. Um, but no, nah, it's fucking great. And um, yep. good to see. Just good to see. Good up with, wait, Guys, we all beat Collingwood this year. How good's footy? One. Bloody great. Collingwood? Zero. Yes, uh, feels good, and yeah, hopefully this absolutely fucking rocks their foundations and they're just fucked. You can only hope. Nothing would make me happier. (laughs) So, uh, the results of these semis have lined up beautifully for what will be a absolutely off-its-fucking-head prelim round. So first up, we have Port Adelaide take on Richmond, right? Yep. Yep. Friday night. Friday night uh, in Adelaide. Uh, all four top four sides have made the prelims, which is hasn't happened a lot recently, but is usually what is to be expected. Um, it's good because we saw on the weekend what happens when teams outside the top four are playing. And it's it's not <laughs> when, great <laughs> when eighth meets third or whatever. Yeah, or eighth meets fourth. Yeah, mm. yeah. Uh, Messi kills careers. Hopefully, twenty two careers. Maybe 25 or so. Let's, let's the coach, the uh, oh. own, uh, fucking, what's his name? CEO, fuck him. Eddie? Yes. The president. president. President, that's what I meant. Um, just one more thing on that game. Uh, 
retroactively is Travis Varco announced after that game that he was retiring. So uh, just want to quickly mention that mm. love Travis Varco. He was probably the best Collingwood player that they had on their list by a mile. Um, mm. Great Geelong man, two-time premiership player. And I think Chris Scott knew that that was on the cards because he went to Scott Penderbury immediately after the game and said, is anyone retiring? We'll, we'll do a guard of honour for you. And Pendles was like, no, nah, not that I know of. And then Varco announced it after the match. So good on you, Chris Scott, because I think he was like, I think Travi's finishing up and um, he kicked the best goal in the 2011 grand final, which is the last, the sealer basically um, in that last quarter where he, he starts to play in the back pocket gets the ball again on the wing and then runs onto it in the forward pocket and you want to vomit. You've run so hard with him. Mm. Anyway, so good on you, Travis Varco. Yeah. Back to he the, kicked, this week. He's kicked the opening goal of two grand finals too. Correct. Only I think I think he's the only player in history to kick two goals, opening goals in two grand finals for two clubs. Yeah. Um, one of those grand finals turned out really well, 2011. Yep. yep. Other one, uh, not so well. No. But well for everyone else involved. Correct. We had a good time. We had a oh. great time. The game gave me she delight. Sorry, sheer delight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, Friday night, Port Adelaide take on Richmond in the prelim. Preliminary final. Whoever wins goes to the grand final. This is big. We're at the pointy end of the season. Things are getting fucked now. It's My brother is sending me a message every couple of hours where he'll list like a whole bunch of player statistics and then just be like, so, so do you think we'll win? Fuck, I just want to win. Oh, man, Jacob. I'll, I'll cry. I'll cry if we lose. I'll cry even harder if we win. <laughs> yep, I know that feeling. Uh, Jacob, if you're listening, Snake Man, rest easy. I reckon you've got this. I reckon they do too. I'm going to tip Richmond. Yeah, that's fair. <sighs> um, here, someone told me this today. I haven't verified this stat, which is not the way we do it on this show. Mm. Um. In the last three years, Richmond have not lost to the same team twice in one season. Incorrect. All right, then. I think we beat them twice. Except when? last year. I think we got them twice. Beat them twice in the home and away season, then lost to them in the prelim. Seems far-fetched. <laughs> I don't know if that's true, Tom. I think that no, my... No, sorry. It was the... My potential stat that ranges for three years is stronger than your belief that you've beaten Richard. Nah, you're, you're right, Sean. I'm wrong. I'm just remembering it. I'm thinking of a different year. There we go. What yep. year? Like 2010? <laughs> uh, 2007, where we beat him by 160 <laughs> points. Oh, uh, yeah. Fucking hell. Uh, Does that kill a coach? <laughs> uh, no, but... Uh, oh, it might have. Terrible. Oh, was Dimmer wasn't there yet. It was... Like Terry Wallace's last year, so it might have killed this guy. Probably did kill him. <laughs> yeah, rest Sorry, Tezza. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> Plough got ploughed. How many times did he spew that day? Oh. <laughs> um, That's oh, a big I just, stat. I, I don't know. I worry maybe Port might just get overcome by the, by the moment. Like Richmond what I was saying before that Tom didn't understand. I, I don't know. If there's, I, I just think if there's a coach at a club that is going to get a team back to a level peg, it's either Chris Fagan or Ken Hinckley. Why? They just seem like dads. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I don't know about the praise for Ken Hinckley. I feel like it's too much. I know you don't like also, him. But he's taken Tom, a team that bombed out last year to first Yeah, but place. Tom, yeah, I know. And we all rave about, oh, phew, coach of the year. Well done, mate. They seriously underachieved last year and the year before and the year before and the year before. So, like, he's... But an underachiever who shouldn't have a job. We shouldn't be shocked. That'd be like if Richmond were shithouse for three years and then suddenly they were good this year and we go, oh, geez, Dimmer's done a good job. No, he underachieved. Well, it'd be like if Leon Cameron brings GWS back into top four next year. We'd be like, yeah, you fucked it last year, though. This isn't an achievement. You're a good side. <laughs> yep. All right. Oh, look, I could say that. The only thing, Sean, that I think will no, help Tom. them. No, no, no. No, no it's no. like LeBron. Sitting out every single game for four seasons and then coming back out and having a great season, then everyone going, Oh, most improved. No, he's not. He just sat it out. He just didn't turn up. I mean, he was pretty fucking good though when he just just gone. I know this is oh, how good's footy, not how good's basketball, yeah, but I'll tell you well, what. The man was like, goat. We're not going to a game seven. Get fucked. Yeah. Yeah, he's a beast. Get on my back. Let's go. Yeah, love him. I know he loves the show too. 
Yeah, hey, big fan. Listen. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. He's often emailing us. We don't read his name, his yeah. emails out because they're private and personal. Because yeah. he is a yeah. good friend. Mm. <laughs> uh, yeah. So Tom, as much as you're hunched that Ken Hinckley has this in a bag just because he seems like a good dad, versus the evidence that we have that Richmond play pretty well in these kind of circumstances where we can't tell how Port Adelaide are going to pull up, and we can pretty much lock in the fact that. Richmond are going to stay cool, calm, and collected. Well, are they, though? This is 2020 Richmond, who, when they should stay cool, calm, and collected, start throwing fists and doing what Trent Cochin did and ripping off Zach Jones' fucking head. Just don't know. Just don't know. Yeah, but Tom, what happened in that game? Trent Cochin rips off a guy's head and Tom Lynch knees a guy in the head. But, like, what happens overall? Yeah, I know, but but those disciplined acts cost them the game against, like, got them, fucked them in the Brisbane game. We went was kind of on a knife edge for a bit. Brisbane then kicked away because Richmond kept doing dumb fucking shit like kicking the ball 100 metres in the wrong direction when it was a free kick against. I think that Brisbane would have won regardless, but uh, okay, Tom, you're right. Well, no, I, 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 think, I, I'm with I too, This but- game could go either way. I, I mean, I, I think maybe Richmond win, but it would not shock me if Port Adelaide just come out and blow them away. <sighs> It'd be so good. I don't know. No, I'd love so a close good. game. No, no, I want a close game. No, just for yeah. them to lose. Sorry, just for them yeah, to lose. in a close game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I hate both these teams. This is this is a real lose-lose for me. So, I don't it's know. Aliens versus some... Predator. It definitely is. Um, well, you knew whoever... I was thinking it. <laughs> <laughs> whoever wins, Sean loses. Well, whoever wins, Sean plays them. Yeah. Hey. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. Uh, yeah, it's how good's footy versus these two Dickhead teams, basically. Yeah. I'd rather play Port, probably. Because hmm. if, because no, they hear me out. Because if Richmond get the wind up, because they went oh, no, prelim, no, no, you'd absolutely want to play Port. Yeah, because you can't beat Richmond. <laughs> Fuck off. Where Brisbane no, but that's, would come probably on. want to play Richmond. Who Brisbane? Mm. Did you say? Nah, yeah. Brisbane smashed Port earlier in the year. We yeah, we haven't lost to Port for a while. Whereas Richmond have won a fifteen of the last sixteen games. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, what's the current streak? <laughs> yep. It's one huge. zip. Yeah, a big one. Big yeah, one. it's a, bi- a yeah. big it's one. It's the most important yeah. one that mattered, really. Well, yeah, you know? none of none of the other ones have been in finals, so suck shit, Richmond. Yeah. Well, no, they have. Qualified Oh, yeah, fuck. No, they have. <laughs> oh, literally literally the corresponding game from 12 months ago. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, fuck. That's how cooked I am. Yeah. yeah. I'm so stressed, uh, I, I can't even think straight. Oh, Sean, it's killing me, mate. It's fucking killing me. This week is rough. It's Tom, I was Tuesday. today... We've got I so long to, to go. Tom, do we just need to embrace the week and enjoy it? Do we need to like switch <laughs> off the stress somehow and just be like, you know what? Either way, how good's footy wins? Well, either because way. Because at what point, right? Because yeah. every game I watch this year, and even if Brisbane's up by five goals with one minute left, I'm still like stressed. I'm about to fucking, my veins are about to explode. <laughs> I'm tense. At what point do you just have to enjoy the ride? I think, uh, yeah, look, Sean... You enjoy the ride after this week and for about two oh. days before you start getting very scared about the weekend. Just... And then the ride is in the postseason when you have a flag. <sighs> flag. Shaved I think, head. I think you can enjoy the week. I think you can. Like I I think because I think because regardless of the result, I think I know one of that our teams I can't. Yeah, no, there is that. That's that's great. Like, that's a great thing. It's a great thing for how good's footy. It's a great thing for friendship. It is. But I still want it to be my team, but I know you still want it to be yours. <laughs> I'm still going to come close to dying 7,000 times during this game. Sean, yes. The, I Again, you're talking about like, you know, you could be five goals up and be stressed. That Collingwood Geelong game was so one-sided. I didn't sit down for four quarters. <laughs> so I was before- st- After we beat Richmond... I was still stressed out of my mind for about an hour. I had to like go for a walk. I just couldn't fucking sit down. <sighs> so maybe for both of our health, our health, our teams should both just lose. Boys, the internal mechanisms of my body were not wound up to go this long into the year. <laughs> the end of September should have been the release. Yeah, you know, here we are. It's going to be the end of October, and um, <laughs> God, yeah, I haven't shit I'm, I'm for fucked. three weeks. It's fucked. I'm it's- fucked. <laughs> <laughs> well, Tom, you, you've like you've done something stressful in your personal life, so you've moved house. 
uh, mm. which has probably distracted you a little bit from what's been going on. So yeah, you've had I'm a bit not- of a release, but Sean is just had to fucking stew in it. I reckon on Saturday, out we've got a night game. Yeah. Um, I reckon I'm going to ride like 100 kilometers on the bike before. The <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not even I'm, kidding. I don't know what I'm going to do. Like, I don't know. I'd like, I, I, it's Tuesday. Like, we've got so many. It's fucked So up. many sleeps. Can we just talk briefly about the time slot of the game as well? Mm-hmm. From an integrity point of view, it annoys me that it that it's not during the day. Because, yeah. like, if we're being fair, don't we want the games to be as close together? I know that yeah. you can't play them both on Friday night because of the TV rights and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But surely you can have one, you know, lunchtime on Saturday. Why yeah. are we? It's a full twenty four hours. Well, and I guess the argument is, would be that it? the other team's going to have to travel back to Brisbane, so there's a travel aspect and all that. But I don't know. It doesn't never sits right with me. But the thing is, like, usually the pre the second prelim is at like four o'clock on Saturday. Usually, uh, yeah, I think they've done that in recent years, and I can't remember. Well, three twenty. Like it's usually an afternoon game prelim, and I reckon it's been I, that way I, since like two thousand and eleven. I don't know, man. I think they've moved away from. I think they've moved away from daytime um, finals footy. I think, although I think the benefit is for for both teams in this scenario is Brisbane are based in Brisbane because they're Brisbane, yep. and Geelong have chosen. Chris Scott has said that they'll always want to play at the Gabba because they're five minutes down the road, so they are close to the Brisbane hub. So I guess it but cancels out because they don't have to do any travelling whatsoever, and they're right next door. But. Yeah, it is. It is. It is an interesting. It's an interesting conundrum that that that's how it plays out. I guess. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to get bogged down in it because it is was it. It is what it is. Um, Joel Selwood's playing his tenth prelim. Fucking First player hell. in history. Yeah. Harry Taylor nine. Grant Birchall seven. You know, Birchall's played in seven prelims, and four of them have been decided by less than one goal. Jesus Christ! Yeah. That's a bad stat for both of you. He's played in yeah, seven yeah. prelims, less decided four decided by less than a goal, and I think yeah. he's then gone on to win four grand finals. Yes, yeah, yes. this would be his fifth premiership, which is fucking crazy. Yeah. So for a guy who's probably missed the equivalent of three seasons <laughs> uh-huh. as well with but injury, but he, he used to, he did a Clark Keating, just come good at the right time. <sighs> also, I love him. Grant Birchall is the fact is this is his what seventh prelim. He's a player that people, like, he's not just a name you can just throw out and expect people to know either. No. Yeah, but but he he was, like, one of the key Hawks. It's because of the fact that yeah. he basically disappeared for two or three years with injury that you kind of yeah. forget yeah. about him. And there's other Hawks, like, you know. Yeah. Not, not, Hodge. Not, you know, no disrespect to Birchall, but, yeah, there's Hodge and there's Mitchell and there's Franklin and there's Roughhead and there's, you know, Cyril and there's all this shit. Yeah, I, I, it's interesting um, that one thing I was thinking about, I was like, oh, you know, Sean, people talking about, you know, Brisbane have had the week off and, you know, how's that going to help them versus the Cats who had to play a game? But I'd argue both Geelong and Brisbane are coming off basically just training. So yeah, uh, we played against Witches Hats. <laughs> um, and we ran around them at training. You ran around, yeah, so we, we basically had the same yeah. preparation coming into this. Yeah. Fuck. Oh, I'm stressed. I don't know, mate. I'm stressed too. I'm just too nervous. Will you make any changes, you think? Uh, I would like to. Um, Noah Answorth's ready to play again. And for me, he's one of the first like 10 players I would pick in that team. But I honestly don't see how he gets back in. With Archie they might have to drop Starcevich. Well, they might have to drop Coleman and reshuffle. But I, I don't know. Fagan doesn't like changing a winning team. No. My biggest, like, this is the thing. There's only one player in the Brisbane team that could make way for Answorth, and that's Ryan Lester. And Fagan's not going to do it because he loves Lester. And he he was good last week. He played on um on the week before. He played on Rewalt, and he's really good. And he's done a few good jobs this year. But I just don't know what the matchup is for him because I go through Geelong's forward line, and I always just sort of come back to one player left, and that's Gary Rowan. And then you can't have Ryan Lester on Gary Rowan because he'll murder him for speed. That's why we need Answorth. On but Rowan. they're not going to change because they depend. They I don't know. They like Leicester. They're going to keep him in. So I don't know. Well, it depends who Geelong play in their forward line too. If our midfield's on top, we'll play danger forward. I don't think that'll happen as often as we saw on the weekend. No, no. I think that was a that was a team structure thing. I think against Collingwood, you play danger field forward to make Darcy Moore have to be play accountable basically. Um, whereas I think 
against Brisbane, you probably don't play Dangerfield forward just because you've got Neil and Zorko and McCluggage and Berry on the ball. You kind of need Danger. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think, I think, I think so yeah, I think he'll start on the ball and he might move forward throughout periods of the game. Yeah. Um, yeah, the, the matchups are juicy, Sean. There's some good fucking Hawkins on uh, Gardner, I assume, not Andrews. I think it'll be Andrews. Andrews. On I Hawkins. think Gardner will take Danger, or whoever else it is. Or whoever it is. Yeah. yeah. Um, you've got. Oh, actually, no, Tom. I think you're right. I think Gardner might take Hawkins, and Starsevic would take Paddy Dangerfield. I reckon. If Danger did, yeah, if they do that. But I can't imagine Geelong letting Harris Andrews sort of be the third man. I think, yeah, I, I don't know. There's all sorts of things. Who yeah, knows I've what will happen? It'll be, it's going to be interesting. Big battle in the coaches' boxes. Uh, obviously, Chris Fagan has the advantage as Chris Scott. No plan Bs. But, hey, it's exciting. I mean, yeah. look, yeah, the thing that we're not factoring in, though, as well for mm. Chris Scott, though, is he's getting charged up from being at the Gabber again. Oh yeah, fuck. Have you seen oh, the, so the Nickies in? Though. Yeah, but that's what I mean. So the, the Gabba powers neutralise because uh, the Lee Matthews powers that are with Brisbane are also with Chris Scott. When I think about this game, um, and especially the coaches' boxes, it just takes me back to Dragon Ball Z, Gohan versus Cell. That's all I can think of. Yeah, just me too. Two yeah. big Kamehameha's just battling that, that, it out. That Kamehameha went for like eight episodes too. Yeah, well, More. I'm worried about overtime. Or extra time, whatever the fuck they're calling it. This could be a close, it's close be game. Huge. I think it will yeah. be too. I think it. I think it absolutely will be. I think it's going to be contested. It's going to be tight. We're going to throw up a lot, Tom. Oh, I'm going to die. I want to die now. Like mm. Mm. I'm. I'm done talking about this game. It's making me sick. <laughs> yeah, I can't want to kill myself. So. Yeah, it's just going to be so close and tense. And so tips. Yeah, uh, Brisbane by seven goals. Sure. <laughs> uh, seven, seven points, maybe seven, seven points. points. Yeah, I'm going. I'm know. going Geelong by that, like seven to ten, so like two <sighs> kick margin. Yeah, I will say this though, um, Joel. What am I wearing right now? You are wearing a Brisbane jersey, a yeah. collared shirt. What's Tom wearing? A yellow t-shirt. Hmm. Doesn't believe. If he believed, he'd be wearing his jumper. Mate, I wear my jumper all the time. I was mm. actually, I was actually wearing a cat's hat today. Now today, so he says when he wasn't on camera. <laughs> I'll fucking go put That's it on true. right now. Fuck, I'll put yeah, I'll well. put all three of my Geelong jumpers on, all eight of my beanies and my one scarf. I only own one Geelong scarf, but I own multiple Why do jumpers you owe and multiple eight beanies. Eight beanies, huh? Eight beanies. Is that an exaggeration? Beanies. Are they all different? Yeah. Yeah, respect. I respect that. Yeah. Eight. I've got a few different Brisbane yeah. beanies. Because yeah. you've, got, you've got your standard pom-pom one. You've got um, mm. I've got one that's uh, from Carlton Draft, which is Dangerwood. Um, mm-hmm. I've got that's a good. bunch of like nice, just uh, merino wool Geelong designs that are soft yeah, on the head. Right. That are pretty we don't good. need the full. We don't need the full catalogue. Yeah. yeah. I just wasn't sure if eight was an exaggeration or not. No. Um, yeah, look, uh, I'll be tipping Brisbane. I just think that they might expose Geelong a little bit here. But I've been wrong with tips before. I famously didn't win our footy tipping. So who <laughs> that's knows? That's true. You- you finished below me, real bad. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, I bottomed out real bad. You know, he got to my level. No, t- look, that is just factually incorrect. Uh, <laughs> if um, if I somehow pull off a a post season footy tipping win, and we don't hear back from the guy that did win, I'm gonna I'm gonna claim that prize. Yeah, no, that's fair. Hey, amazing bag man, if you're listening. Please email us. Come on, man. We've heard nothing but crickets Fuck. from you. You won. Email us and gloat so we can also send you a prize. And if for some reason you don't use an email, tweet us. Jesus Christ, Bagman. Come on, Had man. enough. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Joel. Tom. On this auspicious uh, prelim finals eve episode, have we got any emails? 
Tom, we got a couple. So, before I launch into the ones we've got, uh, I've been compiling uh, some all-Australian emailer letters. So, uh, if you're a frequent emailer of the show, or if you think you've just sent us a massive email, please get in contact with us. We're going to be putting together our all-Australian How Goods Footy emailer 2020 team uh, in the coming weeks. Uh, I've made a folder in our Gmail for it. I've been sorting through. Uh, it's... It's going to be tough. I'd I'd love to look at that folder, but I don't have access to the Gmail for obvious reasons. Yeah. That's for the best. I would log in one day, everything would be gone. I'd just be getting (laughs) spam from like the Geelong membership newsletter or whatever. I'd be like, what has he done? Yeah. I can't wait to stack the team with 22 midfielders. (laughs) (laughs) Midfield emailers. (laughs) Right. So the emails we got this week. Uh, So I'm going to start with one that was in response to last week's episode. Uh, so this is from Frankie. Subject is, how good scaring your dog? <laughs> hey, pals. Thoroughly enjoyed the pod this week. Absolutely loved the inc- inclusion of Matt Stewart. And hope that when you read this, his Saints have beaten the Tigers. Well, Frankie, unfortunately, he didn't believe enough, so they lost. Yep, his fault. It's all on um, Matt Stewart. Yeah. who I th- He's a weird TC, because he TCs against the team, but it, f- it feels like it fills him with deep shame. So we didn't even need to call him out for it, because he knew. He also yeah. said that if he doesn't tip them, they usually win. Yeah, but we've had that excuse before. Yeah, still TC. True. I laughed when Carney said that he scared his dog on the weekend, as mm. this is a regular occurrence in our household. <laughs> I thought you might like to see a photo of my dog, Emmy Lou, which I will pass on to you boys. Unfortunately, to those outside of the podcast, bad luck. It's a good looking dog. Take our word for it. Yep. Who is sitting on the scratchy back doormat. She's sitting there because she does not condone my mum or myself yelling at the football. At this point, we don't even have to say a word for her to leg it from the lounge room. She hears the crowd at the first bounce and takes <laughs> and takes herself off for some quiet time. I thought you might like this glimpse into Charlie's future, Sean. <laughs> I've just opened the inbox. That is a good-looking dog. <laughs> <laughs> There's plenty of yelling for our lions to be done in the next few weeks and plenty more scares to be had. I also laughed at you, scoffing at Tom for saying that Collingwood can only win when their backs are against the wall. This is the single most accurate footy superstition, and I've never let my partner down in his tipping comp. I've long been tempted to join a tipping competition and only tip teams based on weird superstitions for each team. For example, GWS can't win on a Friday night if Tom... Can't win on a Friday night if Toby Green isn't playing. The Bulldogs beat every team above them and none below them, etc. This might be a discussion for an off-season pod, but I'd love to know if you and fellow listeners have that that I can add. I bet Tom has heaps. <laughs> so I can see what happens if I only tip based on these cooked cliches. Yeah, Take it easy. Go the Lions. Can't wait to see our boys lift the cup this year. Frankie, first of all, join the Haggard's Footy Tipping Competition next year and do just that. You'll win. <laughs> <laughs> no, you won't. <laughs> um, yeah, and... I guess, Tom, you were right. Uh, Collingwood's back wasn't against the wall and they got absolutely pumped. But now their back's going to be against the wall next season. Fucking hell. But so this is the thing, yeah. Collingwood have this weird thing where if they're in a, t- in a game where like they're not expected to win, they'll lift. Like it's like they get like, yeah, let's do it. And then if they're ex- like, if they're like, you know, I, usually the game after that game, they fall apart. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that that also, I guess, condemns them to never wearing, winning a premiership. So that's good. Because their back will be against the wall in a final series. Their back won't be against the wall at, w- at least one game in a final series. Because if you keep winning, then your back's not against the wall. And the only time it was was when it was a draw and they had to play again. And I guess their back was against the wall mm. because St. Kilda came back and ran over the top. Yeah, fucking hell. Yeah. Fuck. I don't know. I don't know if that holds up. No, it absolutely doesn't. Because Collingwood have a terrible grand final history. So technically every grand final they're in, their back's against the wall because there's the pressure to win. Doesn't hold up. I've, this is more just recently in the last few years. I've noticed if 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 there's been like two or three weeks where everyone's coming hard on Collingwood, it'll culminate in a heroic victory, oh, and then they'll enough. fall apart again. Yep. Next email. It's from John. Hello, footy somethings. Hmm. <laughs> All right, John. Uh, <laughs> John goes on to say, "Warning: This is long. I was meaning to write this email last week." when there was more possibilities of the grand final, but my dogs lost, so I wasn't feeling it. Since Tom's movie maintenance of the 2016 grand final, I like the idea of putting narratives onto the grand finals, so I present you some possibilities that make the most sense story-wise, assuming the AFL is scripted like the WWE. (laughs) 
So Jonna sent these before the semifinals had just happened. So a lot of these can no longer happen. Uh, John does say that his the easiest one and favorite would be Port Adelaide versus Collingwood, the Battle of the Bars. The obvious end to the story is that the grand final has the added stipulation that the winner gets to keep the jersey. Ooh, that's good. That's but good. Collingwood lost, so it doesn't matter. <clears throat> yeah, I know. Another possibility is Lions versus Tigers. Obviously, Lynch versus Robbo. Fuck Lynch, by the way. The Lions are very much where Richmond were in 2017, so it's kind of like poetry. Brisbane is also setting up to get Danaher, which mirrors Richmond getting a big forward from a club in shambles. Sorry, Joel. Also, Adelaide in 2017 and Richmond in 2020 both have Tom Lynch. Hey. Yeah. Okay. Uh, some smaller ones that would be cool would be St. Kilda versus Collingwood. Mirrors 2010, but also can't happen. Brisbane versus Port. Something about Voss. Also, Tom choosing between his brother and Carney. I like that one. Whoa, that one's big. And also Michael Voss. Vossi will yeah. have to pick. Fuck. Well, that's why I think we'll win because Vossi will sabotage from within the coach's box. <laughs> Sleeper agent Michael Voss. Activated. <laughs> uh, so John then goes on to say, thanks, boys. Hope you enjoyed my long rambling. P.S. I hope Port make the grand final and Westhoff plays and wins his last game in a grand final. I don't know why, but Westhoff is one of my favorite players, even though I've never really thought much of Port before this year. Hmm. Well, John, thank you. I hope that doesn't happen. Yeah, I don't see Westhoff getting back into the side, to be honest. I'm just picturing three-quarter time in the grand final. Port Adelaide's up by a few goals against Brisbane, and then Vossi gets a phone call from Lee Matthews, and he just says one word, and it's <laughs> three-peat. And that activates Voss's brain, and he sabotages the game for Port. Just like a Manchurian <laughs> candidate. Fucking... Yep. Now, it has to be a full phrase. Instead of just three-peat, he just rings up and goes, if it bleeds, we can kill it. Oh, fucking hell, Tom. <laughs> that is great. Uh, oh, can't believe we're going to be in the grand final. So this next email is from Joe, who we haven't heard from for a while. Uh, subject And Joe acknowledges that because they open their email with, Joe is back, bitches. <laughs> <laughs> Lads, boys, footy professors, okay, earlier in the season, I may or may not have woken my brother, who is very much not a sports person, up with my yelling at a game, and he proceeded to ask questions about the rules, and then called footy, poor people's Quidditch. And I said, what? And he went, yeah, it's as unnecessarily complicated and brutal as Quidditch, and it's similar enough, but no flying. To which I answered, okay despite the ridiculousness of most of what he said. Just just, just want to hold what does that? what does it have to do with poor people? And he just went, rich people would have paid for a way to fly. And not Terrible. only is that a wild statement, but that somehow led him to constantly ask me how my poor people Quidditch was going. And then somehow that led to my father agreeing to pay for my AFL Live pass right in time for finals. Oh, yeah. So it's fucking all kicking off for Joe. So I- your, dad, your dad felt bad that your brother's a fuckwit. <laughs> <laughs> bought you an AFL pass. I was just like, Joe, I'm so sorry about your brother, who could be older or younger. Joe doesn't specify the brother's age, but this has big older brother vibes, but also big younger brother vibes. Yeah, I'm, I, I'm, I'm, I'm guessing younger. I'm not a fan of it. Poor, for one, um, footy's great, and Quidditch was invented by a fuckwit. So that is true. Mm, famously, Famous and it's not wit. real. Yeah, it's very real. <laughs> Well, Joe. You think well- Tom and I are going to lose a friendship over something that isn't real? No. <laughs> so Joe then goes on to say, "Anyways, with my new ability to watch games live easily and legally, I have developed the marvelous ability of cheering in silence, but have <laughs> high fived my wall and kicked some cushions a lot. That's good. I am writing to you post sleep and recuperation from the Geelong versus Collingwood game. It was 5am for me here in Brazil, and staying up combined with all the adrenaline really took its toll. Uh, (laughs) It was honestly bizarre to be going for the Cats, since generally I despise the team and all of its arrogance. However, the war requires these efforts, and honestly, Tom better be glad his team actually destroyed Collingwood, because if I had to go through a close game, I would never have forgiven him for speaking the first win into existence. So Joe's on your side, Tom. But they've also come after you for, you know, your efforts in the war on Collingwood. Yeah. I feel like at one point we were trying to convince Joe to go for Geelong. So this, I don't know how they've ended up with, nah, fuck Geelong. <laughs> Joe, Maybe we pushed Joe chose Essendon. I think Joe chose Melbourne. 
Really? No, I could have sworn Essendon. Nah, I'm 90% sure because Joe pledged because they were they were saying, oh, Melbourne will win a flag. And it was like, well, no, that's a safe pledge because Melbourne are not getting anywhere near a premiership. Okay. Well, either way, disappointment. Joe, let us know who you barrack for. We are so sorry that we can't remember. I. Um, what do you mean? I remember. I am 99% sure it is Melbourne. And I tried to get them to go for Geelong and it didn't fly. I'm 1% sure it's Essendon. Jesus. Anyway, Joe, let us know. Uh, Joe closes their email by saying, this was a long-winded anecdote or two just to say, I finally got off my ass and sent you another email. So I'm back. Kind regards, <laughs> Joe. Back in AA contention, I reckon. Mm, back oh, absolutely. In the uh, Joe's a lock, I think. I think we can say that. <laughs> Joe, Joe has kind of had a season where they were... Uh, yeah, they'd remove themselves from the team for a little bit, but then they've come back in with just, like, an incredible effort. And then you look at the, their performance last season, and you look at their performance now, and you're like, you know what? Yeah, welcome to the team, Joe. Yeah. But maybe not. you got to email us. Like, there's only so many spots in an AA team, so who knows? Could be close. So our next email, and this episode has gone long, so I'm going to add uh, a bit of tension to this email. So this email is from Fletch, and it's a love letter. To a football club that we don't necessarily like. So, Fletch, I'm going to read the first half of your email, and if Port Adelaide win, next week I'll read the rest. Subject, a love letter. To a man who stands by his convictions. A man who has the courage to stand alone, to stay true to his love. A man who does not falter his loyalties amongst a barrage of hate. A man who extends an olive branch with wisdom and compassion. A man who speaks out about the wrongs in this footy world with charisma and passion. A man who speaks without ego or arrogance, but instead with sweet confidence and servility that makes him impossible to disrespect. Jacob, thank you so much for your well-timed and much-needed emails which have stemmed the tides of dissidence towards our beloved Port Adelaide Football Club. May we quash our haters and rise to glory for the ultimate 150th year celebration. There we go. Uh, Jacob, if you're listening, you've got you've got a fan. You want the rest of this email? Barry Card. <laughs> and um, So that was half the email. That was the introduction. Oh, that's the intro. And that, boys, is why I hope Richmond win. Whoa! <laughs> so, yeah, that was from... No, I don't know. I'm still on the fence. I don't know. Yeah, so Fletch has... Yeah, send us a long email. It's very well written, but for for time reasons, back up. No, hang on. No, no, I don't think you need to explain it any further than we have. We've got an email that's about a team that we don't like that we're not going to read yeah. unless they win. That's all you need to do. You don't explain anything yeah. else. And finally, last email. Um, this is short, brief, and a great way to end the episode. And just to get us really revved up for prelims. <clears throat> Subject, finals, and this is from Daniel. Fuck Collingwood. End of email. <laughs> that's, that's the perfect email. That's the perfect email right there. I like that one a lot. Yeah. yeah, that one's good. And if you want to send us an email, if you want to plead your case to the AA team, uh, let us know. Uh, yeah, let us know. Let us, <laughs> Dusha, are you okay, buddy? Look, it's all right. You, you, your team's not in the finals. You're out of practice. I'll take it from here. Send yep. us an email to howgoodsfooty at gmail.com or you can find us on Twitter uh, at howgoodsfooty or individually. Uh, I'm at Awkward Trade. I'm at Carney from 55. And I'm at Douche 13. It's all happening. Uh, this game is going to be fucking huge. Whew. Good luck, boys. And uh, yeah, go Brisbane. And Geelong. I hope I hope for a good game. Go friendship. Go friendship. But most of all, go Brisbane. Yeah.